podcast that we do called the future is out and we're back we're back again we have some terrific uh little morsels of of of, you know neon tinted doom and gloom um but also you know uh, maybe some fun stuff too you just have to stick around and find out um it's me it's it's uh it's it's the classic roster uh your boy jonah and our good friend Mac. Mac, what's up? Hey, what's up, Mac? Who is now fully vaxxed. I'm clean. Fully vaxxed. Max. Mac vac. Mac vax. We have to work on that. I mean, yeah, there's find, something there. There's, there's something. Yeah, there. we got to dig a little bit. Um, that's cool. Yeah, you were telling me you felt really shit. Yeah. No, I um, I feel like everyone's had a different response, but like I got my second fucking juice shot and um. Yeah, my five G my five G update. Five G update. And you know, my 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 old phone just couldn't handle it. Um no, it was it was cool. It was just like I got like kind of um just like tired through the day on the second one and then like that night I was like fucking wrecked. Just yeah, like so like the most the most sick I've ever felt in my life for like a few hours and then like I woke up the next day and kinda went through the process and it was fine. Yeah, it's weird. It's super weird. Like weird, strange uh, urges to buy Microsoft products, or weirdly, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, that, and like, You've I want to upgrade my AT T U verse plan, which is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just like find now that you think about it, unusual. just like snap black into you upgrading your Verizon wireless plan to the most expensive one. I guess that no is off character. I, yeah. yeah, that would be funny if the whole thing, like, it was just like. The vaccine was like a microchip, but they were just making us like, just like, bundle our cable. Well, there was like this is like the most they can figure out. Like, wow, what do we actually do? Everyone's sort of already doing what we want anyway. (laughs) What I guess we can like make them, yeah, like sign up for more expensive cable plan. I I know you didn't love the newest like Borat stuff, um, and I had similar grievances with it. But they had like he just did this thing recently, where it was like him like living with like these like anti-vaxxers for like a couple days as Borat and then like came back and had like people essentially like break down all their crazy shit they were saying and they they were like fully bought into the whole like microchip shit and I don't know it was just like nothing new but it was just interesting this is but this is my point like with the amount of horrible shit that the fucking that like you know Bill Gates and the United States government has perpetrated on people. I don't blame a single person for thinking that they're going to stick a microchip in your brain. Like, honestly, like if you don't have access to, I don't know if, if, if you're just like a regular person, the government has probably been not great to you. And there's a lot of great examples of the government. Like for instance, you know, like the famously first thing that springs to mind, like the Tuskegee syphilis experiments where we just gave a bunch of fucking black, uh, soldiers syphilis just to see what would happen there's a lot of malfeasance you know what i mean and it's i think it's no surprise that like a lot of 
you know, it's like poor people, a lot of black people who are like reticent to get it. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's chickens coming home to roost a little bit. So, so yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't think there's any good reason not to. I got it. But like if you I don't know, I'm not the type of person who is raised in like a, a, a specific culture or milieu that is like explicitly distrustful of the government for after like decades and centuries of, of abuse. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think some of the, yeah, a lot of that is valid for sure. And like there's reasons to be skeptical. But at the same time, it's like there are like certain groups of people who I think are like not super rational, especially like the Capitol Hill riots guys. Like, wasn't there something you showed no, me the yes. other day? No, yes. Okay, yeah. About the, 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 yeah. This, my point is not that all of these people are like, you know, scholars and like carefully considered um, high IQ geniuses. Um, but I think they just have like they're there's like smart enough to know that the government is fucking them and ha- has not been a, a good faith actor um, for you know much of their lives, if ever. And I, yeah, the thing you're talking about is you know we've been talking about. I think the inception of the show was sort of like around the, the whole Capitol Hill riot and mm-hmm. stuff, and what happened to those you know those poor miscreants um, <laughs> as they've been rounded up and just like hunted like jackals, <laughs> hunted like wild dogs. Um, you know, much to this point, I want to read something, yeah, from their attorney. So this is the attorney for the QAnon shaman guy, who was that like Jack dude who was wearing the like fur hat, the wolf right. hat. He had um, like all the, like the tattoos and shit. Yeah. Too. He was the right. tatted dude and he had the face paint and the big butt bison hat, Jacob Chansley. So I, I want to read, um, cause it's kind of interesting. I mean, on, a, on several levels. This so, is his lawyer saying this, this right? Is, so yeah. the, this guy's lawyer said the following in um, an interview, um, the, i.e. the Q Shaman's lawyer. Quote, a lot of these defendants, they're all fucking short bus people. These are people with brain damage. They're fucking retarded. But they're our brothers, our sisters, our neighbors, our coworkers. They're part of the country. They aren't bad people. Fuck, they were just subjected to four plus years of propaganda, the likes of which the world has not seen since Hitler, whatever. Okay. Do you want to s- say what short bus people means? Well, I think it's like... Short bus is like when, when kids who had like special needs would get a special school bus to school that was a smaller bus because there were fewer of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of spawned the whole short bus thing as like a shorthand for calling people uh, like retards. Right. Um, but okay, listen, I just read the whole quote. Obviously, a interesting tack to call your own defendant, pers- <laughs> your client who you're defending in court, um, a quote, fucking retard. Um <laughs> And I don't know how Definitely I feel about that. Tact. <laughs> well, honestly, I think it might be a correct because honestly, like, yeah, there are a lot of people in this country who aren't like super bright. I mean, we've talked about, or I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but it's something I'm like, you see a lot of like the FBI is famous for entrapping like low IQ, like Muslim teenagers by like hitting them up online and being like, Hey, 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 do you want to like, let's blow up a building? Like, let's plant a bomb. Come on. Like Amer- and like just goading them into it, you know, and just right. completely entrapping them. I mean, there's a lot of cases like this. And I think that's sort of the case where there's a lot of people who are fucking idiots. Like, uh, honestly, if you're like a, a diehard Q person enough to go to the cap to the Capitol building and like storm it, you're probably a fucking mouth breathing idiot and yeah. a dipshit. You're but- not listening to the features though. Well, you might be. Um, you very well might be, and in which case, uh, welcome. But the thing is, like, I, I honestly think this fucking weird lawyer is ultimately right when he said, you know, they're part of our country. They're not bad people. 
I think a lot of these people aren't like bad people. They're just like profoundly misled and the government has been very I mean it's a fucking absolute like cabal of freaks and and like demons that our government is like uh, you know all the way from the fucking Flint water crisis back down to the you know MK Ultra to the Tuskegee syphilis experiments I mean there's so many examples of the government just knowingly poisoning us and yeah. like being really bad and I'm not like a a QAnon person, I should hope that goes without saying, I'm not like a fucking, certainly not like a right winger of any stripe, but you know, a lot of these people who are like, fuck, you know, want to like, you know, go string up Chuck Schumer. I'm like, that's sort of a sympathy. I can sympathize with that parody, but yeah. And you also have like literally the president of the United yeah. States telling you that Be- like to do this and that your country is being stolen. Like if you are like not, even like quote retarded but if you're just like a little unbright and like you're told that the president is like the the dude and he's telling you to do this like of course you would go to yeah it, i mean right? a lot of these people <laughs> like, a lot of these poor fucks who went in and were like you know like yeah like it's just like crawling through broken glass to go like you know take a dump on nancy pelosi's <laughs> desk like you know they probably they literally thought that they had like the imprimatur of the president of the united states and then right. he of course just like like the fucking total sleazy pussy he is just like left them all out hung out to dry you know um in terms of like you know claiming responsibility and whatever he loves them though he does well he it's funny because like he loves them but he also is just so openly he's always been like so openly contemptuous sure trump has do you remember when he was like talking about the bible he's like the bible you guys love this, don't you? He's like, you folks love the, you know? He's like, what's your favorite passage? He was like, two Corinthians. Well, there was like, that, <laughs> but it was literally like a campaign speech where he was just saying how, he was like, you you, you people love the Bible, don't you? And they were like, yeah, yeah we do. Um, in any case, I, just, you know, why are we talking about this? I think it's true that um, there are just like, yeah, a lot of people out there who aren't bad people, but who are suggestible and haven't had like a fucking cosmopolitan education and are maybe just sort of dum-dums and like are absolutely like have the right gut instinct that the government sort of is fucked up and kind of out to get them in a lot of ways and a lot of those people showed up to the capitol and uh apparently several of them have retained a lawyer who is uh brilliantly pursuing a strategy of uh your honor my client is fucking retarded um and you know that might be the the move so we'll see we'll see how it plays out maybe we can we can uh we can follow up with this later yeah we'll uh, um we'll follow up on it in the meantime yeah we have um, a lot more to get yeah to much today. much to get to um jonah do you, I, I know you don't now but did you ever in the past vape i feel like i've vaped with you in the i've past. i have hit right. of it i've never owned a vape i've never bought a vape but I have certainly waped um, and vaped. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the vaping sort of phenomenon really sort of took hold as we were in, as I was sort of quitting smoking cigarettes. Uh-huh. I smoked cigarettes for a long time, and then I quit probably like three or four years ago. Right. And like, have dabbled back, but I'm pretty much pretty much off the off the uh, off the demon tobacco. But right as I was sort of, you know, tapering that down, the vaping thing really exploded in earnest. Yeah, um, especially with like Jewel and all that type well, of stuff. Well, Jewel, right? is the, that's the name of the game, baby. And yeah, why why are we talking about this? I mean, A, it is just very futuristic. 
Like let's you it's know true. why why smoke tobacco when you can hit a hit a electro pod electro little little but uh, obelisk before yeah before we go to but so th- like a couple years ago too um as like I'm sure most of the listeners will know there was a whole and still to this day really like a whole thing sort of like a public worry about like teens it's and, a like, moral kids. panic is what it is I mean well let's like say let's say what let's say what it is 80s. first and then we'll. Say, but yeah, well, what like is a, it? Yeah, the, what is the worry it, over like teens, like like jeweling, essentially, <laughs> right? And like kids in middle school jeweling in the bathroom and all that type of stuff. And there was like a bunch of media attention and like then laws later that like there's some laws were passed to like uh, outlaw flavored yes. um, nicotine with the idea that like that was what kids were seeking out. And so by getting rid of like the flavored vape pods, that you would reduce smoking but you want to take it away well okay yeah so i guess why we're talking about this because there was a recent story um that san francisco this is was in gizmodo so san francisco banned flavored vape juice as has new york um but then they found they did a study that showed after that ban the amount of teen smoking which had been in just like smoking of cigarettes smoking of that yeah of actual cigarettes which had been just in steady precipitous decline for years, right? Like spiked back up after right. this ban. Um, okay, interesting. What I, I guess that suggests that like by you know curtailing kids' access to vape, which like is just sort of a novel thing. I mean, kids are always going to want to do something sort of rebellious. I mean, smoking is like you know gone hand in hand with sort of adolescent rebellion forever right. i think what, what what happened and what we essentially sort of fucked up by messing with it was there was like a seamless handoff like a perfect passing of the baton of from smoke smoking cigarettes which is actually horrifically bad for you right and like it's a like genuine one of the worst, thing, of the worst yeah. things you can ever do to your body and then vaping which is like basically fine for you i mean the as, far si- as, we, as far as we know the right, jury is like, out sure but like it's like glycerin, some cult, some flavoring agent, and nicotine, and it's just like compared to the like absolute right. laundry list of shit that's in I your agree tobacco. With you, but I would addend it for the leaders, reader, or the listeners, just to say like we don't know like the long term consequences. of Okay, it, yes, no studies, I know, dear listener. Right? I'm sure you. Uh, yeah, I don't want you but, to go run out. Yeah, we don't know the consequences, but listen, I, 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 I will bet, and I feel very comfortable saying that my pretend kid i would let them jewel i mean no i wouldn't let them jewel but it, from a public health standpoint zooming out i'm like the guy who's in charge of this it's not fucking that bad for you it's just vapor it's like yeah it's and even if it has bad consequences which i'm sure there are some compared to smoking like it is an absolute dream and the right. fact that we just had to like just go in and like spray a big fucking fire extinguisher all over this right. vaping thing and it's just like a classic thing that so we've taken a, a little step back because we should go into more but right like so in, a, in a really basic level though like i agree with you that like vaping, vaping is, is less bad than cigarettes but in an ideal world right essentially you would want young kids especially to not be doing either right like in the yeah, best case scenario so, yeah right so i guess like this was a thing that like before like before vaping but especially before jewel Right, there was there's a lot of data. There was like a downward trend mm-hmm. away from smoking, and 
then, especially when Juul came around, there was an uptick in like kids vaping but not smoking, right? So vaping is less bad than smoking, but there was a lot of kids who were vaping that otherwise wouldn't necessarily have been smoking. And I would add just like anecdotally from like my family and shit, a lot younger than like, I don't know when you started smoking, but like when that I had was my a first thing, cigarette when I was. 11 years old okay well that's i know different that is an outlier but it's true but like in my at least in my circles right and it's all anecdotal it was was like definitely later in high school but like i a lot of the trends of like the kids like not my family's kids but but people i knew who's all in middle school and shit the point being is just that like it's not um, that fucking bad for you and most kids will just give it up anyway because it's not as like I, I just like this is the thing it's just like not worth a moral panic about for me like yeah sure i guess you could convince me that like it's marginally wor- yeah it's marginally bad if cigarettes are going away anyway to introduce like a new sort of quasi cigarette right it's just so That's- low bore it's so small bore like who cares it's really like everything that i've seen from what we can tell it's like really not that bad for you and i well, don't think it's like going to be it's going to come out like oh my god we were so wrong like right well i, just I mean think, the thing okay who so fucking gives a shit and the I, fact that they're banning the flavors yeah, so we we can get into that. I I so I that's a cross like, I will die on. Yeah, I agree with you in the basic sense. It's like this the cucumber that w- one. We know that like cigarettes are like the one of the worst things yeah, that you can do. Abominably bad. And so for your like body. for adults, for example, right? Like a lot of adults our age or older, like who use Juul or other shit to actually stop smoking, yeah. and it's like quite effective. A lot of them like the same flavored nicotine for that was sure. like being banned here, for example, right? And so, like, it if you're doing like a really, like, high level kind of like amoralistic like cost benefit, like, how many lives, you know, are you losing by like not allowing these people to like stop smoking cigarettes versus like kids like maybe smoking Juul? Well, you let's know, I, well, and going back to this, like the San Francisco data that we have that was like reported by Gizmodo. It seems like literally banning all these fun flavors that because the kids were already dabbling in. A lot of kids were like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to start smoking cigarettes now or like smoking like cigarillos or like because like granted, like you can still buy like, you know, Russian cream backwoods and Swisher sweets and grape blah, 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 blah. Like all that stuff still exists. So it's like seems just so stupid and just this like really bullshit nanny state impulse to like ban these like flavored vape cartridges just because kids are using them i mean this is one of the things we spoke about off, off mic but it just, just like, why it that. seems like so not a well in or well researched or thought about policy is that like the the premise that like you're going to get rid of flavored jewel pods and like that's the reason why people are going to stop smoking is means that you've never smoked anything in your life right like kids yeah. are not smoking not smoke jewels because yeah, like it tastes it like candy cool. right you know like, that's just not the fucking thing. like no kid is like oh this tastes like a lollipop yeah, yeah. so wow, i'm gonna smoke yeah. nicotine oh, oh golly they're yeah. smoking it because it's like cool because <laughs> yeah, like that cool. is a thing that kids it's fun and rebellious like, in, and it, yeah. yeah exactly and like now i don't you know i don't know how much of a connection there is but like vaping has become like sort of stupid and like you can't get certain things now so now cigarettes are the cool thing right yeah, and, and it's vaping like, is fucking anodyne i mean again granted let's say we don't know but like we absolutely know that it's even worst case nowhere near as bad as smoking it seems like you know and the fact that you're going to like throw up roadblocks to that just in the i think and it's so much of it's just for like 
the sake of like doing something like you know what i mean it's right. like oh what are we doing about vaping like oh it's like dude it's just fucking it's fine like i think, I think kids like, are always well, gonna do engage in some rebellious dumb stupid behavior it's like this is so it's, it's so not a fucking problem just i hear relax. you i mean i'm a little bit people have their mango and their cucumber yeah i hear you i'm a little bit less like laissez-faire on like especially when like you know fucking middle school kids are vaping but i think that like if you really wanted to like solve that problem there's different ways you could have done that that are more effective than like just like saying you can't smoke flavored when has a prohibition of anything ever worked ever once i mean this is what we were talking like because you can still get like mango jewel pods now but they're like absolutely jank fucking bootleg ones that are like leak all over you and who knows what the fuck is in them that's the whole thing right is that like a couple years ago when they passed those laws not allowing you to get those flavors us in new york or anywhere else you could still get them but they just weren't like had no testing and a bunch that's when if you remember the news stories and shit that's when a bunch of people had like crazy shit in their lungs and people were getting like sick and dying it's because we're fucking smoking. Yeah, it's just putting shit, anything you know into like I mean? making it a black market thing is always bad. I mean, I just don't. I would just like, what is one thing that's prohibited that is not still like that is not widely used by people who want to use it? Right. Um, you know, I mean, this is like this isn't some like groundbreaking perspective, but I mean, I think it's true. And also, dude, vaping just it's fine. Like kids yeah. are always gonna do something. It's a small amount of kids. It'll get. It'll be boring. Like the generation after the zoomers will think it's cringe because the zoomers were doing it right whatever as as someone i mean i, I feel it's stupid to say this but i just have to say it, as someone who has like multiple family members who have like been addicted to cigarettes since they were children <laughs> yeah. like jewels specifically was the only thing that was able to like work right yeah and it's like a nicotine delivery that's like doesn't have all the horrible effects it's truly the only thing and like they've everyone i know has like tried so many different alternatives and like that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be worried about like kids smoking shit, but it should be taken in a, in in like in balance with also like knowing that this can help fucking people not smoke cigarettes. Yeah, you know and I mean? like if you have like, a kid, you should be, you know, you should be ruling them with an iron fist because children need to like, you know, if you let a kid do whatever they want, even if it's not actually bad for them, it's bad for their development. Sure. Like I feel like a kid, you know, speaking from personal experience. Not that I have children, but I, I was one. <laughs> like, I think it's good for just to be like, you know, to be ruled ruled with, yeah, with an iron fist. And like, I think it's okay because that means like, even if you let the kayfabe drop, like, for instance, like when I was smoking cigarettes as a teen, like genuinely, like I, that's bad. Like, it's very bad. It probably did long-term damage to my health. But like, and my parents really tried to not make me do it or make me not do it. But like, you know, what i still did it anyway of course right but if it was my kid and i was just like okay i'm gonna try and like make him at least afraid to vape in front of me i'm like okay when he's actually doing it because i know he is anyway like at least it's like not actually like super that bad yeah. anyway this is our sister podcast that's the parenting yeah well um, you guys can solutions. tune in yeah i'm a, i don't have any kids but i i'm the ones i yeah the ones i don't have are growing up terrifically Shall we move on to something that's both a little bit more optimistic and also kind of scary? Um, are we talking? Which one are we doing? Neuro. Neuro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it moving. Um, yeah. So th- you you rapped to me about this. So basically, we've talked a lot about neuro neural implants and the like. Apparently, some people have uh, 
taking it upon themselves to say, "Hey guys, let's uh let's let's uh let's pump the brakes on this on this stuff." Yeah. Um what what's what's the what's the what's the deal? What's the score? Yeah, so this was another article in Gizmodo. Gizmodo's having a strong Futures yeah, Out strong. presence today. Yeah, they're getting a challenge. Point. Um but yeah, we so we had a whole episode about neural implants and like, you know, Neuralink and brain interfaces and all that type of shit. And at this, you know, it's both like very far away in some sense senses but also kind of near um and this article was going into how there's like researchers and advocates and other like experts in this field who um are essentially they're trying to add on to like the the un's universal declaration of human rights they're trying to add on five more points that are specifically targeted around they're called neuro rights which would protect people from like essentially the invasive shit of brain interfaces. And those five points are one is right to personal identity. Two is free will. Three. We don't have that anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's all simulation. Three is mental privacy. Four is equal access to mental augmentation. And five is protection from algorithmic bias. So okay, essentially so world yeah, Adderall yeah. prescription. So they're saying basically <laughs> we should put Adderall in the water. Like fluoride. Yeah. Honestly, I I would I'm communal, down for that. Communal Adderall. Just put it yeah. pump, put it in the water. Pump it in the air. Um, what was the last one? The last one. Or well, algorithmic bias. Yeah, protection against algorithmic bias. So basically, all it sounds like everything you just listed is already just like a ship that has long le- since left the harbor. But I mean, I guess it's still good, right? Maybe like, all the algorithms are already like hopelessly racist and biased. It does seem like. Yeah, I mean, the algorithmic bias one is a harder. It's like less tied to you know a neural brain interface i think but i like the the general thrust here which we talked about off off mic is that like for so many of the like you know the technology things that are running rampant right now people didn't predict ahead of time what the problems would be and so now we're trying to work backwards but these people even though brain computer interfaces are still pretty new they're trying to essentially set the guy the guardrails before it's too late. So is the who, idea. who are the people who have, who are championing this? Though? These they're mostly researchers. Like one of them is a group from Columbia. Um, they're listening to that name, but but it's also like other um advocates that are like that have like knowledge of brain computer interfaces and are like trying to um you know they're 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 essentially skeptical of like the profit motives and other motives for these mm. brain computer interface companies. Well, know? yeah. I mean, look, yeah. Okay. Right. This stuff's all cool and right. And these God bless these people and they're correct. But I think like, you know, in the historical case has never been that like not a single person saw what could have gone wrong. It's just that like plenty of people have basically every horrible outcome from technology and, you know, the corporate, consolidation of 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 power and agency around these technologies has pretty much been predicted at least by some people it's just that like those people don't have any influence and it seems like a repetition of that case i mean i think all that stuff is valid and like inserting it into the, what the un charter of human rights or whatever is like sure go ahead and do it but like how many human rights are being respected right now like yeah you know no. raise your hand if your human rights are intact it's a, yeah i mean <laughs> anywhere it's, yeah, in the I mean, world it, like it's a it's a fair point not I w- to be too cynical but no, like yeah it's a fair point i would say though for certain things you know like i like sci-fi and shit and like sci-fi is like actually kind of a good gauge of like how much people are thinking about sort of the the most fucked up things that could happen 
And at least for like, you know, a specific example, like the way Facebook and these companies work with like data privacy and that information is all free and cheap. No one really predicted that, you know, like we predicted a lot of the other stuff, but no one really predicted that. And so I take your point, but I I also take that like there is some value in like being able to name the thing accurately before it happens because we don't we're not we don't always have that sort of um clairvoyance you know yeah i mean i i, I take that i mean yeah i mean i guess it's good to like start lay, staking out territory in advance um i guess just to at least like create a groundwork for for you know future criticism when this shit inevitably does go the way it's gonna go which is you know, completely being the province of, of the wealthy and powerful. And, right. you know, I mean, it's like everything we talk about on this fucking podcast. It's just like, you know, I don't think that like these, like, you know, well-meaning bleeding heart researchers are going to necessarily like do anything with their declaration or, or, you know, call to arms. I mean, I, uh, but I mean, it's cool that they're doing it. Um, I guess for me, it just, it just like, goes to show that like i don't know the fact that like people are like people who are way smarter than me and have read way more about this than i have um are like up and are like you know unnerved about it enough to like you know rally together and put out some statement sort of has drove home to me i'm like oh we kind of are heading towards like the neural implant timeline like that isn't like a joke like yeah (laughs) which is like kind of i mean it's interesting i mean because i was like you know how many people when like the people were like email the wave of the future or a fad you know what i mean and people were like yeah that's interesting but like this internet thing will never take off i mean there's plenty of like articles and still read about people being like the internet what a a passing fad right um and clearly that was not the case and and the internet has grown to just like you know wrap its icy tendrils around every aspect of our of our life so the fact that like people are already sort of thinking about the what's around the bend i'm like oh there isn't there is a bend and right. we're about to go around it so uh interesting yeah i, think um, that's I bit... don't think anything good is going to come of uh <laughs> this uh you know you know creed de corps of these people but um i mean yeah. good for them yeah i think that's a fair takeaway on that it's just like there's like the two groups that are really thinking about this are them who are concerned about it. And then the other end, like the people making like Google and Facebook right. and Apple who <laughs> are like, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We're 10 steps ahead of you, but right. good. Yeah. And then the Cheers, people in guys. between are us who are just like, you know, yeah, we're just like baby birds with our mouths open basically. So worth keeping an eye on, but yeah. yeah. Worth keeping your, yeah. Your cybernetic eye implant on. Also like if you have the choice in the near future, to get like a like ghost in the shell style eye where you can just don't do it man like mm. because then or if that's you why, do it like get it on a normals well, because then everyone just does it and you have to do it because well no get it on like a black market though like go to some guy <laughs> in hong kong and have it done like in an alley uh and get a new eyeball i think maybe and you just have like porn accidentally leak into your sensors every yeah couple accidentally hours. <laughs> i'm like oh guys sorry this is so accident um guys sorry this just keeps happening um yeah i mean okay well okay can i ask you this and then sure. before we move on like in 25 years do you think we'll have like cyberpunk like i can get like a like a like a fake eye that like lets me do hud shit or like like a special cybernetic arm do you think what i think, we'll, think, have, it's gonna I think we'll have something like I, I don't know like i couldn't say exactly what it will look like but i think we will definitely have maybe not like direct 
like you won't maybe it won't be like surgical but i think you'll mm. definitely have like things you wear that serve that same purpose i, I think, think that's yeah like, i think the sure. surgical thing is like us thinking like is like the right i right direction but the wrong idea like i don't right. think it's going to be like surgical implants necessarily it just seems too messy well that's the thing is those like facebook like they know that it's too messy right that's why they've like they've been investing a bunch of money in shit that's like things you wear on your wrist right because like they know that like people are a little grossed out by drilling a hole yeah well i think it's like a bit of a a rubicon we've yet to cross but who knows you know in time to answer your question though i think i think yeah we'll have something for sure cool can't wait um okay uh what's up next now mac um were we talking about security citizen yeah so i don't know do you you, i uh i've known about this app citizen i i've thought about i've like thought passingly about downloading it just to gawk i mean i recently did i recently did get on next door okay are you you familiar i'm not familiar with next door sort of a similar thing to citizen which we'll be talking about but it's like a neighborhood app it's like basically just like recreation of facebook but like localized and you like sign up with your real name and you're like sort of cross street and people go on there to like complain about the kids doing wheelies on their sidewalk and stuff <laughs> word so like a so like a, a it's a like community a community board yes that, like, precisely the internet precisely yeah. that and i got on to like gawk kind of mm-hmm. just out of interest like because like i live like you know it's sort of like a bit of a bougie neighborhood like a lot of like older young professional types um and sure enough like one of the first posts i mean it's like a lot of stuff that's like relatively benign like oh uh you know i is like is it alternate side parking this week or like what's the deal with this or like hey i saw like a dog on someone's roof like is someone check on that at this address like da 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 um and then like but it's a lot of stuff of like um am i wrong like my neighbor's kids start playing basketball in their backyard hoop uh every day at 9 a.m like is it wrong for me to like tell them to stop and go to the park? And then a bunch of people being like, maybe you should wake up earlier, bitch. Like this is, it sounds like a localized version of like the subreddit. Am I the asshole? It like- kind of <laughs> is a bunch of people like who are themselves the asshole calling each other the asshole. Um, it's really funny, but it's essentially, yeah. So anyway, like the, the more militarized version of that is citizen, which you may be familiar with. It's an app you can get on your phone to just make you be afraid of everyone and everything. Um, by just being walking down the street and you get a little ping on your phone that's like stabbing 10 blocks away. So how um, they, they would say is it's a security app, right? Where it's yes. like it's a neighborhood-based app that you can report crimes. Or like, what you perceive any, to be crimes. Right, you can report whatever. And then it's like a, it's like a self-reporting, they call it a security app, right? Um, yeah, like a safety alert app. So like in real time, you can learn, yeah, by like other people saying like, oh, I saw a guy like do a crime here um or like i'm seeing a suspicious individual anytime like you see a black person you can right. just like put that on the app well that's um, the that's the, that's <laughs> like the underlying thing is like citizen's been around for a minute and like immediately they've oh they've been subject to a lot of criticism for that specifically which is that it leads to a lot of racism a lot of like prejudice it's a lot of weird shit i mean like, and i've known know. people like i've had friends who like have the app i mean and i've thought really? about getting it too yeah, yeah yeah well i've thought about getting it just out of interest like a morbid part of me is like, oh, if someone did get like stabbed two blocks from me, like, right. I kind of want to know that on like a just like a dark antisocial level. Have you t- the people you that you know that have it? Have you talked to them about it? A bit. What? Like, it, what? It, what's their? What do they think about it? 
and why do they use it? Like, I think for most of them, it is the same thing. It's just like a bit of a morbid, like, gawker type thing of right. like voyeuristic, like, oh, like carjacking, like, oh, right. like someone spat on someone, like harassment. It's just like, I do think it's like, I think it sort of plays into the same thing that like the reason that true crime, like true crime podcasts are so big right. is like a lot of people have morbid fascination with like horrible shit happening and like right. kind of like in a weird way, like like are fascinated with like themselves being the victims of a violent crime. Yeah. I think it's like a psychological phenomenon of like, especially now that we live in like very safe, sanitized times. Yeah. Broadly speaking in this country, there's just like a weird thing of like fascination with horror and like some, like the real gritty crime stuff. Like, and like, ah, what if it happened to me? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense because like if you had citizen, right, like all of a sudden your normal ass day and neighborhood Mm -hmm. that you never think about, like now you are like the center of, you're the actor in the show of this like story that is on the app. Right. That's a great point. (laughs) You know? Yeah. It's like, Oh, I'm like my everyday life is like, now it's like, oh, I was just going to the store, but now I was going to the store and there was like a, a mugging right. uh, 14 blocks away from me. Like, whoo, like, you know, it's similar, I think, yeah, similar to like the, like ring, why it's been so popular. Yeah, like you can like, is, like ring is what Matt? you just the ring, app? ring is Amazon's doorbell surveillance app where it's like, yeah. it, you, it just lets you monitor like when people come into your apartment, but like, it's a similar thing where, you know, okay maybe some people like steal some packages or whatever. And that's yeah. like the idea for it. But in the grand scheme of it, like if you're really using it, then like you get to every day, you get to see all the weird shit that happens around your neighborhood or your apartment that normally you would never notice because like, it doesn't matter. Like it yeah. doesn't really affect you, but then all of a sudden it becomes front of mind, which is just like what you're saying, you know? And granted, like there really isn't much like, and the thing is like a lot of the stuff that's reported on citizen, which like, if we haven't made it clear enough, it's like, yeah, you're just like crowdsourced. Like I saw a crime happening right. and then like everyone else gets to hear about it. Very um, little verification. You know, yeah, it's just of like, of course not. Yeah. yeah. It's just like a, bu- and like obviously it's sort of a self-selecting group of people who are like right. the nervous freaks who are going to like sign up for an app and then just like, what? Like, I guess like what? Like see a crime. I mean, I guess like, yeah, I've seen some crimes happening and I guess if I was in, in my experience or years living here, and I guess, like, if I use this app, I would, like, pop, I would, like, do it, like, ways, you know what I mean? When you see, yeah, like, construction I think the, the, on the road. the nicest way of saying it would be that people who use it would say, like, if they saw something happen on a street in their neighborhood, they would want to post it so that, like, their neighbor knew not to go there. Right, exactly. Because there was, like, an assault or, like, a, you know, got yeah. a rape or some shit. But right? obviously, yes, that's, yes, that I think that's, like, the use case that they would promote as, as being the thing. But obviously, it just creates this weird sort of, par- like, a veil of fear and paranoia and like siege mentality which is like so popular with i think a lot of like wealthier people who live in urban areas in particular just sort of like love in this like sort of weird say like masochistic uh freudian way of just like the notion that there's just like hordes of criminals out to get them and bias Um, right you know just like very clearly like bias about like you know you see a certain person do a certain yeah you see like yeah yeah and you're like yeah that's a criminal i mean there's been a this is a very well documented sort of phenomenon certainly how this is just racism and all of these things anyway why are we talking about this so um basically it came out recently there was a article in vice um my former yeah, Max, cool. Max, Max, Max being an alumnus of Vice, 
I don't think we burnish Mac's credentials enough. Um, <laughs> Mac is an actual journalist who people have hired to um, think Spew and write about this stuff. Uh, yeah, to, to yeah <laughs> to so disinformatskaya about uh, everything. So you know we're we're, we're legit. Um, but basically, yeah, in Max Max, um, you know, alma mater, they were writing about how it some. I think apparently it also sucks to work for this company, Citizen, because okay. a bunch of there's like a lot of disgruntled employees talking about like in the the last quote of this article is the following quote this is from a, a former a former citizen employee quote honestly citizen as an app simply doesn't need to exist and it's more and more <laughs> apparent as the months go on that leadership is just a bunch of scum end quote so yeah shitty app when um, your employees say that the app shouldn't, shouldn't exist, exist it's probably a, a good sign there's something wrong yes but basically why is this in the news it basically became a thing that people were seeing a citizen branded like Ford Explorer cop car just like cruising around Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And then it came out via leaked emails that they are contracting with private security companies like Securitas and this place called uh, Los Angeles Professional Security. So just like, you know, like rent a cop. Yeah, right. rent a cops to essentially create an, an, a new tier to their service where if you're on citizen you can just like call private security to your location to like do policing for you on so your behalf security but uber ba- yeah it's basically <laughs> uber for cops like what if what if the cops but it was uber i mean really that's what genius it is. so they're like sort of floating this as a potential new thing um a new like tier to their app and rather it seems like what it was always intended to be was like people who can afford it and people who have the inclination don't have to worry about calling the police they can just get like an integrated app in app experience of calling essentially the calling the cops on whoever they think is suspicious right calling the cops because they saw like a black guy uh you know like you know hovering by their car while they were at brunch they can just call the 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 private app police to come and like I, I don't know do uh like violence <laughs> to uh to whomever or yeah or i mean like hover. who knows what happens at that point who knows right? what happens like, exactly wasn't, wasn't george zimmerman like a constable or some shit like wasn't that the whole like just well, to be said this like you never point. Know, yeah but like, no but that's actually a good example happen, you bring up because you know? george zimmerman was sort of like a neighborhood watch guy right. who had a legal pistol as a as just like an american fucking second amendment dude and he killed a kid and you know got off on it obviously by just because he was acting suspiciously i mean that's right. a, a perfect example like you like, could someone could say it's like why does it matter because yeah. like you know they're not allowed to do shit but it's like kind of they are if they're told yeah. by someone that there's a threat right and like we yeah. have precedent of this. or they create a situation where they can feel threatened and then right. just blow someone away right um Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 not at all. I mean, I was very, I mean, no, that's a critical thing. Like, how would this potentially play out? And I think that's a good example. Like, it's a good sort of precursor to this. So, um, yeah, so this has sort of been like uh, something they've called the security response, um, like functionality of the app within like sort of internal um, communications about it. But, um, I'll read this quote um, as just sort of like uh, from uh, from this Vice article. Mm-hmm. Um, the Broadmaster plan was to create a privatized secondary emergency response network, one former citizen employee told Motherboard. 
Um, it's been something discussed for a while, but I never, really, never personally expected it to make it this far, um, said another source to, uh, to Motherboard. So, yeah, basically it seems like that was the plan. Like, right. privatized security. And like, okay, private security has always been a thing to a degree. I mean, going back to the fucking Pinkertons, like, you know, you've always had them. But I do think this is sort of fascinating and like presage i mean a it's literally like the the premise of robocop for one of just like lawless america where you have like private corporations just like creating paramilitaries who can act with sort of impunity and i think that's the thing that is sort of concerning here i mean uh, aside from absolutely everything is that like okay the cops do kill do kill people with impunity and are basically unaccountable but at least like nominally we can control them and like nominally we can slash police budgets and like uh, demand sort of accountability like their new sheriff hire a new sheriff right they're public employees if it's just some fucking private company securitas or whatever right who's like scrambling uh response teams to uh you know every becky who fucking you know uh gets gets the the heebie-jeebies walking right. home alone and then like you have just like black water yeah like operating on the streets of america it's like good luck fucking demand i mean look at how much effort has been put into getting accountability for actual cops right good luck fucking yeah securing well i mean accountability like, fundam- for, like rent a cops who aren't public employees right, yeah, like, fundamentally all the problems that they have like police still have a mandate to like serve the community but these rent-a-cops their mandate is not that it's to serve whoever yeah. hired them on the app you know what i mean yeah or yeah and it's generally though it's just up. like it, it it speaks to the point that we've talked about in different ways before but it's just like when you talk about like the gigification of stuff like you can mm-hmm. you can sort of write it off as just like oh like doordash and shit it's much bigger than that, right? It's everything. And it's even like, it's even police and security as is being seen here potentially, right? I like, do think, yeah, I think it, there is genuinely like an endeavor to create an entire parallel, like for rent economy, because there's a segment of the society of, of the country of, of the world, frankly, that has so much money that they don't, they can just like disengage from the rest of the world that we live in and just right pay for a parallel version that is beholden only to them i mean and like you do you see this with yeah like across a lot of a lot of different stuff i mean certainly this is like all the space race thing i mean the way that nasa has sort of withered on the vine and instead you have these sort of private companies that are doing space exploration in lieu i mean it's just a general phenomenon and i think it's in most insidious when it comes to policing yeah i mean with this i would only i agree with all that but i would only add that like if you are really wealthy there's there's been in the united states constables all the time where this is a little bit different is that you don't even necessarily have to be really wealthy you just have to be like have some money right that's the difference is that like with a lot of the gig shit you were always able to get a personal driver or get like a delivery dude or whatever but that was for the very wealthy this is like bringing it down to like yeah, like sort of the middle class sort of middle person, class which thing, makes yeah. it more, you know, just a bigger thing because then that really does shift the whole balance of like how we deal with this as a that's society. That's true. I mean, it, yeah, that's actually like, an interesting point because it does. Yeah, it shows that like it's not merely like the dizzying heights of wealth and privilege, right? Which is always going to be a very small number of people, and in a way, it almost doesn't matter what they get to do because like you should just assume that anyone who's like an oligarch or whatever, like 
yeah, they can just do anything at any time. And that's probably always been the case to to varying degrees. But the fact, yeah, that you can now like, yeah, pay like 25 bucks a month to like be able to, yeah. Like I could have a, a, a rental a, a security, cro- a rental, yeah. yeah. It's crazy, yeah. crazy. It's interesting. It's very fucked up, certainly. Um, fuck citizen. Um, fuck citizen, yeah. I, yeah, that's know, horrible. I mean, it's also just for like, yo, just go talk to your neighbors and like, you know, get mugged. It'll it'll be a character building experience for you, and John, you'll probably John become says less. Get mugged. Uh, listen, I've I've sort of been mugged. Um, it's not great, but it's like, it's fine. It makes you realize that, you know, you'll be okay. You don't need to live in total fear of your surroundings. Like a lot of people have been through a lot worse. Says a tall, tall groomed, yeah, white man. Tall, handsome, jacked master karate master. Yeah. Mac, you didn't have to tell everyone that I'm, I'm a black belt in Muay Thai, but just transparency. Just transparency. No, it's true. I mean, uh, I was just reading about. I've been reading a lot about the Civil War, dude. You want to worry about going to uh, get a sandwich at the bodega in Bushwick? Why don't you read about Spotsylvania and the Bloody Angle and uh, Grant's attack on the Mule Shoe Salient? Okay, read about that and then get back to me about. Uh, it's a very specific case. Yeah, I'll get back to you. I'm just saying. Um, um, fuck citizen. Uh, shall we move fuck on? Fuck citizen. Let's go. Let's move on. Um, interview on it. So, what are we talking about, dear listener? This is an article that came out in Newsweek like last week, um, uh, and it's by this dude Scott uh, Arkin, William Arkin, who is like a former. He's written for the New York Times, Washington Post, so he's not like a crank. Like, he was a staff writer for the Post for a long time. Right, as right, I, as right. I understand. Yeah, right. and he was a former. Uh, he was in the military, like a former Marine or something. Um, sort of worked in the military. I think he sort of got like drummed out of of the Department of Defense some inter-office like sort of politicking it seems to me but uh yeah he has some journalistic bona fides but he wrote this thing for Newsweek which like it's Newsweek but basically the headline is exclusive inside the military secret undercover army and like all right if I yeah I mean let me just read I mean it's sort of mind-boggling if you take it at face value which I don't think you should do but um basically uh the story purports in the first uh, sort of opening paragraphs that there are some 60,000 people who belong to a secret army uh, at the direction or sort of being created uh, by the Pentagon, broadly speaking. So like the the broad Department of Defense, the, the, the military, and I think it's like sort of most umbrella term. Um, and so these 60,000 people, I'm going to now quote, some 60,000 people now belong to this secret army, many working under masked identities and low profile, are all part of a broad program called Signature Reduction. The force, more than 10 times the size of the clandestine elements of the CIA, carries out domestic and foreign assignments, both in military uniforms and under civilian cover, in real life online and online, sometimes hiding in private businesses and consultancies, some of them household name companies, end quote. So... There's a lot of details in here um, in this l- relatively long piece, and but the general gist is that there's this thing called signature reduction that employs like, yeah, some sixty thousand officers who operate in various levels of like deep cover right. in like you know war zones in Pakistan, Yemen, wherever we're doing our spooky shit abroad, but also apparently just like in the United States. 
doing like deep cover shit, having fake names on fake driver's licenses, fake passports, fake jobs where they like go to work and like have social media profiles right. that are just like under their fake name that are just not them. And this is all under the auspices of the United States government for unknown purposes, okay. which is some weird spooky shit. I mean, so is his suggestion and as a clarifying thing that these 60,000 or so people, this would be separate from say like the amount of people working undercover for the CIA or the NSA. Is that the claim? Here? It seems to it... say, yeah, the suggestion seems to be that this is distinct from, I mean, granted the CIA by its very charter should not be operating on American soil. That's illegal. It's not to say that they don't, but like, I mean, but yes, so this seems to suggest that this is a totally separate sort of, um, sort of, uh, cohort of of people who sort of seem to be a cross-section of you know american military and intelligence personnel um be they like spec ops dudes who are like going into fucking pakistan and doing god knows what or just like your regular like langley spooky guys or fbi agents um so if this were true it would be like a watershed thing right because it is it's essentially claiming that there's an entire other group of like black op type of like agency that we're not aware of that's yes operating, so let me give right? let me like go through this to read a little to just give a little more background so um and i'll read this so newsweek this and this guy arkin claims that you know as as sort of credence for this thing that it, all of all of what we're reading from is the result of a two-year investigation um, during which they examined 600 resumes and over a thousand job postings, commit or submitted dozens of FOIA requests, and did scores of interviews with participants um, of this program and like people in the defense industry. Granted, everyone who's quoted in the story is um, done so anonymously, but basically, like what? So unless you just think that and they're we're all lying, part of the government too well, yeah right? these as are far all, as i read. yes yes right. and like so unless you just like think this is all made up or like some i mean which i mean we'll get into this but i mean there seems to be something afoot here um and you know this has been critically understood he is not acknowledged really by anyone on the record in congress or elsewhere but um basically it's like an amalgamation of these deep cover agents of the u.s security state who are sort of doing God knows what all the time. Right. Um, and like, this includes like, yeah, like people who are in like, uh, I don't know, working in companies and just sort of going about uh, uh, the life of a, of a sort of undercover person in the day-to-day world, but also certainly like posting online right. and like doing, you know, bot shit, which is of course very funny in the context of like everyone getting up in arms over, you know, Russian bot shit. Um, clearly this is just like, seems to be an admission that obvious, I mean, what everyone probably should have already known that like we do a large amount of this ourselves. And but that, to go on that just a little yeah, bit more yeah. though, it, the, the claim is that like, there's like operatives in the DOD who like are, their job is like to post on social medias in different countries to like, sow dissent and like spread misinformation the same way presumably, that was like, was, like yeah. alleged, I'm presumably like, on the flip side. Yes. Right. That's yes. The, yes. Yes. Idea. I mean, and like, so I mean, it just seems to be this sort of all-encompassing, like, amoeba-like thing, wherein apparently, yeah, like, so 
as we've as we've stated like tens of thousands of people working at home and abroad and then like a large part of this is like really advanced means of sort of eliding and um overcoming um survey like existing surveillance technology including biometric data right so they have like fake you know like skin skin gloves that you can wear to like get through passport control hacking the passport control um uh systems of other countries so that like you could like agents can pass through um this is all what's purported by sources in this piece um to continue i want to there's an example of this guy um who drives around whose apparently job is just drive around maryland and he's picking up packages from like all of these different po boxes and mailboxes and then at the same time mailing out packages sent with return addresses from various rural addresses that are not clearly where he's sending them from and purportedly his job is to manage what they call um i think mechanisms uh signal mechanisms which are just like fake passports and fake driver's licenses um because apparently you know as we've said there are people who are just undercover for no no stated i mean this article this is the thing that's sort of maddening about this there's no stated reason or like stated purpose that what these people are really doing right um but um there's an interview that arkin does in this piece with this guy who basically works at a company so the way this works is there's contractors like companies that the government pays to essentially pretend to be this or that company and just employ and provide cover for, you know, these agents. Right. Um, up to and including, like, creating whole fake social media profiles, like, all literally, like, interfacing with uh, credit card companies and, so, and life insurance companies to just say, to, like, smooth out the wrinkles of, like, you know, because a credit card company has a whole dedicated team of people who look for fraud and shit mm. and they're going to be like hey something doesn't add up with this fucking fake person um and there's like they're literally doing the back end work to you know smooth all of that over to create credit scores for these people i mean like creating whole digital okay so now it's just like you, it's getting very crazy very tinfoil hat super deep like you got to go real deep into the system for all that to work yeah right? i mean for like, all of it to work in this day and age like you know you can't just like be a guy with an id with a driver's license anymore like you right. maybe could get away with in the 80s like there's a lot everyone has an online i think they call it digital exhaust is one of one of the people calls it because we all live our lives online and you leave like you know it's like an oar through the ocean and you leave all those bioluminescent plankton right. behind i think he, he makes the claim too that certain domestic actors are able to like go in and like rewrite data in like immigration and yeah. customs like databases and stuff which you know speaks to the same thing about like it being very deep um but go ahead yeah i was just saying that but go ahead no i mean it's important to to acknowledge like it and like okay so like okay just to ground this and at least to like put what to get like a touch point to something outside of this fucking weird newsweek article it yeah. does he references something which is indeed was indeed published by Northwest Public Broadcasting which is sort of like a public you know like a sort of NPR style outlet mm-hmm. um in Washington state which uh, a reporter in 2013 um revealed that the state of Washington alone had provided hundreds of like valid washington state driver's licenses in fictitious names to the federal government and Mm. this like he just like scooped this which is fucking i mean good for him 
that scooped this, and the the state governor of Washington didn't even know that this project was ongoing. Hmm. But he found out that yes, the state, hundreds of literal real, bona fide Washington state driver's licenses just giving out, just giving to the federal government under fake names. Okay, if we take that as like a you know one little toe that's sticking out from under the duvet. Like, that's fucking insane. I mean... Right, for sure. One state alone is providing hundreds of fake dri- like driver's licenses under fake names. Right. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's... I, I mean, okay, so what do we make of this? Like, I don't know. I mean, on one hand, I think... The fact that this is coming out now and, like, all, you know, at this current time of, like, significant social unrest and distrust and and like upheaval and militancy on on right and left i think there's a degree to which it's sort of like a cointel pro thing like count like similar to how in the 60s and and early 70s you had you know the fbi infiltrating you know the black panthers and how the fbi infiltrated the kkk and and all of this stuff i mean you have i I, in a way it seems it seems to me maybe you could construe it as a, a sort of an like a psyop right to say that people should you know fucking not even try we shouldn't even bother because like we're every every aspect like your own friends might be signature reduction agents um but also i mean i don't know like <laughs> it could also just be a, an intrepid piece of reporting from this dude um and that the united states government i mean listen we have a trillion dollar fucking military budget it's got to be going to something right um i don't know i don't know what you make of all of this man yeah i mean i take all that i would though i see the logic i would like stop short of claiming a psyop like my read of like what i see is that there are a lot of things here that I have no doubt the author probably saw in a FOIA report or saw through like additional reporting and that are probably true, but the way that they, all these disparate things are brought together in one narrative leaves a lot to be desired and a lot to be explained. And I think that's where like, it's not explained. uh, I'm I'm blanking on the main word, the signal um, signature reduction, signature reduction. It's not ever explained really what what that means or what it does. And it's not explained. I think the general sense is that signature reduction is a catch all for this like deep clandestine, um, like, um, obfuscation and all of this sort of stuff that exists. Like the other thing I go into this piece is all of this, like, mask tech like literal special effects for like right. allowing people to pass through like yeah like security and like border security so i think signature reduction is sort of a catch-all for what already ongoing um like spookery that's right. happening that's just allowing them to do it even more deeply undercover Fair. but yeah like you said it is it's the whole piece is very vague it doesn't get into very strong Right. Specific details. What, yeah, what I was going to say is just like, for example, right? Like the, the the tidbit about like the fake documents and like fake passports in that one particular state. Like I have no doubt that that's real. And like if you look at like our past history with like domestic subterfuge, it would not be out of the norm. The same way that like when they talk right. about like having, say, like a bunch of U.S. operatives doing like um, – you know, misinformation campaigns on other countries, social media. I'm sure that's true too. It's when all these things are connected where it's like, 
I start to lose the plot a little bit. And I'm not saying it's not true, but I'm like not. It's hard to piece it, he it makes, together. He just makes a lot of really bold claims, especially at the beginning, that are never really like. Well, never really given a lot of credence. And I that's, mean, that's, I don't know. I mean, I think they're backed up. If you want to, if you take what he says, like if you believe, unless you think he's like, like he's lying no- or his sources are invalid, like it's just, I, it's just like what I think what he fails to do in the article, and I encourage you guys, whoever listening to read this Newsweek article called "Inside the Military's Secret Undercover Army," which was published a couple weeks ago. I think he just fails to stitch it together into some coherent narrative of like who was doing this why when did it start right. it's very like a bit of a dangle you know what i mean right. it's just like right here's some enticing potential sort of spooky details and then doesn't really go much further sure and um, like to be fair i mean sometimes like reporters will do that on purpose to be like as a call out to others to like dig deeper into this because like they're like i couldn't find the explanation it seems I, my only like nitpicky thing is like in this day and age right like it would be nice to at least have like some sort of screenshot or like yeah. or scrollable thing of like his yeah. FOIA stuff, you know what I mean? Because like sure. a bunch of other investigative outlets like BuzzFeed and The Intercept yeah, and so many others, that. they all do that. And it's just like like the like the the day like this is a reason why so many people get on the Times and other places for using like their their you know their confidential sources is that like the sh- the shit's changed, man. Like we demand a little bit more transparency now, and that's my only that's like my biggest ripe but i'm not like well, nullifying the whole no thing. but i think you're right i think your instincts are right and that's why i feel like some there's some shit afoot i mean this is why i think this is like sort of maybe smacks to me as like a limited hangout you know like the term that nixon famously used um when he was talking about watergate which is like the notion of you like you know you drop a little bit of shit out there like you you cop to a, if so, if you're up to something spooky and bad you you've essentially cop to a small amount of it Right. In order to, you know, mollify people's interest or just to, like, put out a little bit of stuff that you want people to know in order to let them speculate about what is, like, beneath the tip of the iceberg. Right. And this is the way this piece is written. I don't know. The way, I don't know. It's just very odd. Um, I don't doubt that any of this stuff is necessarily each, any individual thing is happening. I mean, again, like, if you know the first thing about the history of this of our country with like I've already mentioned like COINTELPRO in the sixties and, and beyond and you know, uh all of this like in, insane uh penetration of any like social movement or organization by like the American intelligence and like police is has always been quite thorough. So it's like I, none of this is really shocking, but it's very interesting. Right. I guess the way it's sort of spun together. I mean, I don't know. I guess it is all, the whole thing is a big it's a big who knows. But Well, we'll we, dear listener, we will keep an eye yeah, on it. We will keep and an eye on it for you. You can sleep safe. We will definitely talk about it. Yeah. In the meantime, Jonah, you want to take a quick break? Yeah, I need let's... to take a desperate pee. All right, go 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 do it, sir. We'll be back.
We're back. Um, hey, we dude. are back. Um, okay, so next One, thing. Wonderful P, by the way, for yeah, listeners that are wondering. Feel good. Yeah, it was, cool, it was excellent. Yeah, our bladders are empty and our brains are full of knowledge to confer to you. Um, about what? About um, a little something that's been percolating in the news of late, which is on has some interesting ins and outs. I mean, okay, so it's there's been a, a bit of a second look. I think primarily in the form of this Wall Street Journal article. There's been a lot. There's been a lot. But the Wall Street Journal article was like I feel like the sort of the main, the like flagship of this new bit of discourse or rather re-examination of what are we talking about? Not to be nitpicky, but I think like credit where credit's due. It was like the New York Magazine article in January sixth, or no, it was like January, early January was what ignited it but i respect that yeah, mac mac once 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 a ny magger you know you just never, gonna you never just lose, gonna say you never lose your stripes no respect um any in any case several outlets have been pointing back to something that was roundly dismissed sort of at the beginning of the pandemic which was the notion that the covid sars cov 2 the covid which is i guess somehow the same thing as covid 19 or whatever the fuck was not in fact sort of a zoonotic um transmission by happenstance of uh, a coronavirus from a animal to a human but rather a, a lab leak conspiracy 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 okay you're a racist all right well i don't even want to do that because like i think it is sort of racist but it's also um yeah i mean yeah insert the kill bill siren here but yeah, I mean, people didn't want to talk about that at first. I think, I mean, there's a lot of ins and outs, but okay. So, uh, to provide the bare footing for our listener, there's been some reexamination of the fact that there was a lab, the Wuhan Institute for Virology, um, that was doing specific research into bat coronaviruses. Um, coronaviruses, like for instance, the flu is a coronavirus. Like corona viruses are like a broad spectrum of specific viruses um the common cold is also like precisely yeah precisely um so there's a lot of them and the ones that we got the one that we got in the form of COVID 19 was a specifically viral one um which i think has led a lot of people to think like it's sort of unlikely that this would be so and i i can't speak to the science of this but you know i think in a general way you're like oh what are the odds that this like insanely uh virulent virus happen to just pop up when normally they don't this doesn't happen for context that place you mentioned the wuhan institute of virology is like very close to where it's, it's assumed in wuhan, yeah. that like like the virus started which well, is like wuhan, i think it's right? where it's pretty like, well well yeah where it's pretty well established that it started in wuhan in in uh i think like central china right north central china um which the dom like just for con like the dominating theory for like the last year or so yes. was that um and correct me if I'm wrong on this, I'm not an expert, but it was like the dominating theory was that the COVID spread from like an animal in a wet market in Wuhan and was transmitted through like a different vector to eventually hit a human. Right. Right. Like, like people were handling like, for instance, bats, which are like sold as delicacies um, in these like sort of food markets in uh, throughout china but specifically in wuhan this was the thing is like it jumped from person to person which or from animal to person right which it should be said like is historically 
been almost always the case. Um, for instance, all the time, avian yeah. flu, which was like a big scare in like the late '90s, early 2000s. Mer or uh, what was it? Um, Middle East re- MERS, yeah. yeah, which was yeah. Middle Eastern Respiratory Va- or Syndrome, which was also another zoonotic transmission. I mean, it was like the off- Black Plague, you know, Black like Plague, so, yeah, so, so Ebola, many. which right. was also it's like very, very common to have this type of vector where like something that's a, a virus is just sort of like kicking around in an animal and then through one means or another it just jumps to a human being. Right. This is very well established and very common, and I think that's something you establish right out that like there's a huge the statistical odds are very much in favor of this being the case just by Occam's razor. Like this is what has always been sort of, or rather historically been the case. Um, that doesn't mean that it's right. necessarily the case now, not, but there's yeah. a large precedent for it. And not Whereas to be so, what's the, well, go ahead, man. Yeah, I was just saying, and not to be so obvious, but just drive it home. Like for example, for the vast majority of human history, there was never the capability to create like vaccines. Right. So it's like, yeah. of course, other than ancient aliens it, until very recently, every vaccine or sorry every virus was tra- was like a, a leap from animals to humans right sure if so like it wasn't it... already endemic to human beings right. yeah correct right. um but anyway but in any case i mean there's been renewed research there's been a resurgence in sort of scrutiny something that was initially sort of tossed out as sort of racist demagoguery um specifically because trump was like quick to champion this notion that it was like it came out of china china right. like leaked it either on purpose or by accident but it was always like sort of in, insinuated that they like let this loose on us, like right. the there's like slippery, you know. He very much like I think I, I think he, he was careful to never explicitly say it, but it was clear what he was. I don't he know. Was, was he, he was... careful to never explicitly say it? I, I feel like he probably did or whatever. But it, it was clearly the point was the subtext. Yeah, right. exactly. But anyway, it's sort of been coming back under some scrutiny now, and there's it's an interesting thing. I mean. There's a lot of le- lenses through which to examine this that right. I think are really fascinating. Um, I guess let's let's just go through why I guess why it's being reconsidered now. Yeah. What's, the, like, what's the argument for it? Well, okay, so here's the following. Um, this Wuhan Institute for Virology, which was like a, a a sort of a lab that was studying, like I said, coronaviruses from bats, which the coronavirus is considered to have le- most likely come from a bat and is a coronavirus. So you have some similarities there already. They've been doing research um, as early as 2012 into a specific type of like really virulent coronavirus in this lab, one that infected some Chinese miners in 2012 mm-hmm. um, and that they isolated and they've been doing research. It should also be said, and this is a very interesting point, that the United States under uh the united states government and the national institutes of health i think like a um a department of the national institutes of health was under anthony fauci providing direct funding and there were american scientists working in this chinese laboratory right um so it has a sort of american uh uh, fingerprint on it i mean quick quick aside is that like yes and also in general as like i understand it is like most like virology research in recent years has been like trying to like experiment with like these type of well vi- like corona- yes because right? they've Across, been like, as different... we mentioned with MERS and with avian flu and SARS I think most of them are coronaviruses right and they've been doing there's so this place the Wuhan Institute for Virology the WIV the WIV 
was conducting this type of research and they were moreover conducting a controversial type of research called sort of innocuously called gain of function research mm-hmm. in which they essentially take viruses and try to engineer them to make them more virulent i.e like more powerful more easily spread more contagious more powerful versions and they do so in order to like preempt and create like sort of leapfrog um like you know coming pandemics for vaccine research so is the idea that like by doing this by creating like a more virulent like virus that like you can then maybe create a vaccine or some other shit to be able to be ahead of it when it does hit like humans like is that the idea precisely so this was going on at this lab um as early as 2012 um and essentially um there was some like genetic testing um about like the specific covid um strain that was eventually released one of the first ones that was detected in wuhan china at the beginning of the pandemic in like you know january of 2020 Mm -hmm. um and they were like doing some pairing to the one to certain ones that were being um understudy in this lab Mm -hmm. um and there was a lot of similarity although granted like there would always be because a lot of like any coronavirus is going to be similar so that is sort of has limited like sort of explanatory value it did seem like in that wsj article that i remember that graph it was like the closest of like a bunch of others though yes it It was was but this is the type of thing i mean so and i'm just reading now from these from these notes that i have um so there was like this is a quote from uh this wall street journal article that i uh that i mentioned earlier and it says quote the paper said this is a paper about like the um the the sort of the potential linkage the paper said that the eight coronaviruses under study were almost identical to each other and only 77.6 percent similar to SARS-CoV-2 which is the coronavirus that we're all you know fleeing from Although one part of their genetic code was 97.2% match, albeit there is a speculation claiming the possible leakage of RATG13, which is like the one that is the most similar. Right. That's the one that like could have been, you know, there is the most similarity to the actual COVID that is in the world. Anyway, the possible leaking of RATG13 from, from the lab that caused SARS-CoV-2, the experiment evidence, evidence cannot support that. So, and this is, um, you know, from a paper quoted by the Wall Street Journal. Um, but nonetheless, there, there exists some more uh, sort of, I don't know, muddied waters around this question. Um, to, to, can, can I just like, yeah, 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 please. So this was from that, that New York Mag article I mentioned. But like one sort of extra, I guess like point of like interest that like people were looking at, like researchers were looking at was apparently like the covid like the 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 covid strain that we're talking about now people had like like researchers had saw it and like there was a certain quality in it um that specifically the quality that like attaches to like the lungs that like some researchers had made the claim that like it seemed like it was like human addition 
whereas like they couldn't explain it through just like biological like it was it was there was something in it and again i'm not an expert in virology but it's like the way they explain it was that it it had the telltale signs of like engineering right it's just I another think, it's just I like another I, I don't know how bit. true that is i mean i yeah i i remember reading something similar which is that like there was i think it was i think it was more that this there is the way that covid-19 works is there is a specific spike protein that like jabs itself into human cells and thereby replicates itself um like the virus replicates and 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 so by attaching itself to human cells in this way and it so happened to be that this is a somewhat particular and uncommon quality right. that was also present in the specific strain that this lab leak um that this <laughs> that this lab lab studied um strain also had i mean right. so this is like circumstantial evidence i don't think I would push back, and I'm. I think, based on my research on this, which is admittedly light, like all research I do for this program, <laughs> but it's not that this is like, oh, this is something that could never have been happened right. organically. It's just like a bit of an interesting coincidence, right? Um, that like they would both have the specific means of, and this is why, like, and granted, also with what we were saying, like they're specifically creating coronaviruses that are extremely contagious, right? Purportedly well, for the purpose of developing vaccines, but. And then the, the the hypothesis is that like one of, they somehow escaped from the lab and then voila. Yeah, I mean we should continue, but to lay it out really clearly, I think like to clarify what I was saying is like it seems like now that the changing consensus is that it's not that one is more likely than the other, but it's that like there's insufficient evidence to necessarily say with certainty that one theory is better than the sure. other. Sure, right? It's like both it's just are big... based off of like yes. circumstantial evidence that like we don't. <sighs> No, which is it's that's different though than the narrative that it was before, where it's like the lab leak theory was completely off the table, right? But it seems like the consensus is changing, where it's like we don't know enough for either to make a a stance. Does that does that seem fair? Yeah, and like so to to report a little bit on like where where everyone stands on this question. This is I'm looking at an article from my old my old faithfuls, the FT, the Financial Times, <laughs> from um just a couple of days ago um on the 26th so there was a report by the world health organization in march that the virus was quote extremely unlikely to have escaped from the wuhan institute of virology this was right after they had the first investigation of the wuhan institute yes so they said it was extremely right. unlikely and it was far more likely to have spread from animals to humans uh, but as this report as this article goes on to say several scientists were quick to criticize it um and the World Health Organization's director general admitted it wasn't particularly extensive. Um, so there were some, and, and, and part of the sort of difficulty was that China has not been like extremely transparent in sort of um, releasing all of the data that like a WHO people might want. One extra, um, extra part of that too mm-hmm. was that like that, so that it was in March, that investigation happened over a year after like COVID spread and that investigation was less than three hours long. And from like, at least like in this like New Yorker article that I read about it, they said that it was all based off of interviews with people that like staff that worked there, which was the reason why like immediately people came out and said it was insufficient because there was no real, like you can't really tell 
mm-hmm. anything based off of like secondhand sources from something that happened a year ago, right? Like it means nothing. You know what I mean? Like it really doesn't mean anything. Yes. So I mean, yeah. I mean, it's certainly not like ex- in, it, 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 like conclusive or, or ironclad. I mean, and so where do we stand? Like China's being less than transparent with the World Health Organization. That should come as no surprise, though. I mean, the World Health Organization is sort of a European, like, broadly Western, NATO-aligned or org. Um, it's not surprising to me that China wouldn't want to be forthcoming with letting them have carte blanche to sort of go poking around their sort of virology and biotech, uh, you know, machinations, given that there's a obviously major national security component to all of this. Um Granted, the circumstantial evidence, as we've laid out, I think suggests that it's like there's there's something to suggest that this could have been leaked from a lab. I think certainly I don't know why. I think it's if if that is indeed the case, it would have almost certainly have to been uh, unintentional. Sure. I don't see like people who and, and like drumming this up as like, oh, some Chinese like, you know, I mean, and I, this is some of the political valence that I want to get into a bit, which is that like Trump. For all the wrong reasons, and probably not knowing anything more, not knowing even what we know now, right, was quick to say that oh, it was the Chinese, it was a lab leak, blah 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 blah, and then it was in that was dismissed out of hand like immediately because he Trump said it, right? He uttered it, yes, yeah. and therefore the media like quickly dismissed it, and now that Biden is in office, it's like okay, now we can look into this again, right? And like, listen, fuck Trump, but. It is absolutely true that like the the United States, the media in this country was you know is really beholden to like the de- you know the the sort of establishment centrist and it's not the Democrats or the Republicans per se but it was certainly not Trump right. um, and now and like Trump's uh, yeah utterance of this phrase made it taboo and yeah. now that he's out of the question it's like kosher to look into this again and there is some evidence for it so we we should we should spend some time talking about that because that that is like super interesting and like says so much about other things related to this but as a quick aside um have you heard of the re-release theory something that came (laughs) up recently no um just really quickly like the the idea was that like um rather than this was something that was like engineered in the lab and then accidentally released there's a, a new theory that's saying that like um this was something that was found in the wild and like say a bat or something taken back to the lab. And then that was like accidentally released, um, Interesting. which is like, sure. Why it, not? Like, yeah. I mean, who, who <laughs> fucking knows? Yeah. Fine. But to your, but to your other point though, right. I've been thinking about this a lot because it is like very much, it expands past just like COVID or like the lab leak, but it's very much about how, narratives are formed in like our modern age I mean, listen, and like yeah. it, it truly i mean I th- it shouldn't be controversial to say that like during especially during trump's presidency it's like there's a lot of pressure for anyone to like agree with anything that trump says um yeah and that's dude that's even a, a fucking, broken clock like, is right twice a day and like that's the situation where it's just like anything trump would claim would be instantly fucking radioactive. And I think it's not the point to take from this is not that like, Oh, Trump was like this like fucking maverick figure no, who was not. like, no, obviously not. He's like a fucking crooked piece of shit who is strictly out to just advance like Reaganomics and also enrich himself. 
total fucking like just weak pussy and also did like a half ass coup and then gave up like a like a yeah. like a baby child. Trump sucks. We, we we've made that very clear. Well, yeah, and I don't want to. Yeah, I'm not saying this as a disclaimer. I just think like this is literally but, true. But it's also true that like the New York Times, the fucking Washington Post, like every sort of your main pillars of media are like absolutely fully in the bag for to manufacture consent to to coin a term for like Biden. The Biden style of like centrist Democrat lib like liberal politics. That's I would like, extend it past. That's what fucking um, though, like I take the point, but I would extend it past. Well, they did the, the same media, for George Bush, I though, mean, because it's like as like you and me, right? I remember very specifically like last year around the this media time, are, are criminals. Like I like had this conversation with one of my friends where they they were wrong too, but essentially their name will go unnamed, but they talked about COVID and they were like, Oh yeah. Like the Chinese virus that they released in a lab. And I was saying like, why? Like, no, that's like not true. And like both of us, like both of our reactions were wrong where it's like, he was coming from it where it was like, obviously well, he this might is, have been like, right a, for the wrong reasons. Well, yeah, maybe so. But like, <laughs> I, like I was like, you, you know what I mean though? Where it's like, I, bought well, into like you the, toe the, the line the, you toe the fucking the, line the, but this is the, what... the narrative a little bit you know what i mean which is like i i take the point that we're downstream of like the media e- ecosystem which is a big part of it i would add though that there's like some other bigger social sort of pressure going on where it was like sure, there's but... like you didn't want to be the guy that was like entertaining the but how is that not theory, a function you know? of the of media like how is that not a function of the media essentially creating like drawing battle lines for like where you stand in the sort of culture war like i think and i think that's the now that it's and i think this is why this is an interesting sort of object lesson because it's like the very same thing is now not only like okay but like being like thoroughly investigated and you know all the serious people at the wash at the wsj and 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 the like are like in or scratching their heads and looking in very seriously to this exact same thing that trump said and like trump is a dipshit and he was probably right for the wrong reasons but like it's just so funny that like now that biden is in charge we can do so we can we can investigate I, this. i take I mean, that but food for thought though right where it's like i personally know a lot of people who hate like the new york times and the established media right for like for legitimate reasons at this time last year even those people, if I had like talked about the lab leak, they would have also had like a very intense emotional reaction to it. You hear what I'm saying? It's like in even, favor? even, no, against this. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I don't, well, so I know. What are you saying? What I'm saying is that like even people who understand and like criticize, like say what you're talking about, like the, 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 the diluting effect of like the mainstream media's narrative, even those people still would have like pilloried people for, saying like saying positive things about like the lab leak theory which i would say like speaks to something speaks to something a little bit deep deeper you know what i mean what what is that then uh, what do, yeah what what are you talking about i i guess like i don't i don't have a good way of saying it but there's something about like in the culture now right like there's a media part of it but there's also like we're just like very connected emotionally to like a lot of ideas and like even people who see the faults with like the mainstream media and reporting, they were still very connected emotionally to this idea that like saying something about the lab leak was like not just wrong, but it was like a a big problem that you needed to like 
like that's stamp interesting out. Uh, honestly does that, does that you know what i mean honestly i can't relate to that i mean I, I i don't deny that obviously i'm sure that those people are real but i think that's an interesting current because i think most people really are fully on one side or the other of like yeah they sort of fall on one side it's like a litmus test of how you scratch vis-a-vis new york times and cnn you know what i mean and like unless like i can i you know i feel like i i don't know i i seem i i i don't i well you know i'm somewhat outside of the mold but i think a lot of people you're either like uh, sort of put blind faith in like what the the good people like the the brave journalists at WAPO and New York Times tell them and just sort of put infinite stock into that no matter what. And then there's the sort of other people, the Trump-aligned folks, for, for lack of a better term, who just, like, distrust them um, as a matter of course. Right. And I just think it's... I don't know. I mean, I think this is sort of... This whole thing has been somewhat subsumed. Like, Let me- I, I think the degree to which, like, oh, you believe in the lab leak or not. I mean, for one... It doesn't fucking matter, really. And, and, and in a way, the, the original thing, I mean, people are saying, like, oh, you can't believe in the lab leak because that's racist. Right. Is it what's more racist, like, that, like, this escaped by accident from a lab or that, like, Chinese people are eating fucking bats sure, and I mean, pangolins? And, like, I'm not accusing you of saying that, but as, right. as a general thing, it's like, it's almost funny because they're like, oh, that's racist to say that to what Trump is saying that right. it was a lab, it was a lab accident, as opposed to, like, yeah, people are, they're eating at wet markets and they're right. like, that in a way is like actually like far more racist and orientalist it seems to me do you know what i mean but i mean yeah i mean it's all about the narrative right i mean i guess like to drive home the point i was trying to make before is like so take the lab leak out of the equation but say like another thing with COVID. like so let's take like masking for example right like masking you can like draw like a very stark line between like say republicans and democrats right like republicans are like more likely to like be anti-maskers and all the type of shit however at the same time right a lot of people i know who are like very critical of like the mainstream media and the times and all that type of shit who aren't republicans also still buy into the masking thing and would buy into the masking thing enough to like where they would criticize people for not wearing the mask you know what i'm saying like there's something it's getting a little little far something deeper there's something deeper than just like the the beholdens to like the media narrative where it's like there's it's not such a simple like divide yeah i mean it's obviously all of these things are shorthand and it's not a a one-to-one i agree i mean i don't know i think the mask thing i don't know i think it's sort of a bit separate i mean I don't want to get too far into the weeds with this because the only point I guess I was trying to make was that like it's just interesting that this comes now. This is now taken seriously as a matter of speculation. Um, and granted, like not to like you know play too far into this because it does seem like a little bit more data and research has has come out. So fair, but I I just want to make the point that like the fucking the sort of like these the fourth estate is not at all a a, a a sort of objective institution it really does just sort of like exist on the side of like man you know as uncle gnome has famously pointed out to manufacture consent for like whatever yeah. is the most lubricating ideology the most lubricating government and uh state of affairs for you know capital and all the rest and just everything changing hands appropriately as it should. Trump was a big interruption of that right. for the worst, for the worst in pretty much every sense. 
Um, but it certainly did like sort of put some egg on some people's faces and therefore there was a lot of skepticism towards him. And I just think this is like an interesting sort of keyhole to, right. to I, which to see it. And yeah. whether or not it was, I think it's honestly impossible to say at this yeah. point. I, but, I hear what you're saying. The only point I was trying to make with all those other examples with this is that like a big part of why the narrative changes like to what you're saying, which is like it's more um you know, economically and politically viable to like reevaluate this now. But I'm, I guess all I'm addending it is that like, that's not the entire story. It's part of the story because another part of the story is like a lot of the experts and other people who like were against the theory before have also like changed their opinions for whatever reasons. And like, that's part of another reason why there's a trickle down effect of like all the, like in the last four months, there's been a, a trickle, trickle, trickle of like many different types of people changing or like it being more open to like different possibilities. And I think like a big part of that is like explained through the, the, media, the media and the political um, explanation. All I'm saying is that like, that's not the, the only consideration, right? Of course not. But I, I think it's funny. Like, I think it's like a lot of people were in a bind. Like a lot of people, it was like a game of twister where like the media was like, really rip rear rip roaring to go to manufacture you know to fucking to to do to play china hawk but if you did that while trump was in office and he was fucking bleeding about it then you're sort of a racist and you're on trump's side and that's an uncomfortable position to be in as the new york times right so that is like actually no that's not we can't we can't we can't give smoke to that but now that biden's in off biden is in office and he can say like uh, listen, Mac, like I would send, you know, I mean, I remember like when he was, uh, during the debates, he was talking about, I would send over a team. All right. Listen, I would send over a team of armed scientists and we'd right. get men on the ground, men on the ground in China, figure out what's going on. Literally saying this type of shit. Yeah. It's like, it's just so weird. Cause it's like, he can literally advocate for like invade, <laughs> effectively doing some type of quasi like legal invasion of China yeah. with scientists. And then it's like, okay, now we can do the full court press on why China was like up to no good and sure. doing nefarious shit. But under Trump, it becomes awkward to do that because he's like a genuine flagrant racist. Um, but now that we have Biden in office and, you know, he's playing, he's doing the liberal pieties, like we can do the full court press against China. I mean, that's like my perspective on it. No, you're right. Whether I mean, there's, or not there's... it's real and true is unrelated in, a, in an open question. No, I mean, you're, you're right in the sense that like even with shit unrelated to COVID, right? Like Trump was a very much a China hawk. And like, we weirdly had like sort of a lot of resistance to some of his like shit. And like now that, that he's not no longer the person, like you can see it with like the, the Huawei shit and a bunch of other stuff. Right. Where it's like, nothing has really changed, but well, the, the China narrative... hawkery is, 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 is now going full steam ahead. Cause I right. think that's in everyone's interest, but it was, yeah, yeah. Right. Like no one wanted to give, no one wanted to do it, A, because the way Trump is doing it is gauche and racist. and, un- and It was the presentation. That oh, was the yes, problem. precisely. Right. That is precisely the case. Yes, correct. Which I think, to an extent, is with the lab leak thing, too, right? Um, part of it is like the presentation element of it, where it's like you'll hear like certain people in the media saying it's like, well, we're not saying that it was like intentional. We're not saying that they're like bad, but then they go on to do something. Yeah, basically and it's like, say all, whereas, uh, whereas, insinuate like, all whereas, of the like, above. Yeah. Trump a year before was like the dirty, woo, you know, like the most, the woo flu like, shit and the fucking, say. yeah, the Kung flu and all that shit. I, so all that being equal, I, I, 
I agree with everything, and I and I see it like. Mac agrees with everything. All right, see you later, guys. <laughs> no, just kidding. I mean, I like, and it is is a little bit aside, but just like I see it, and especially like tech coverage, like I see it a lot with like the way things are being looked at with like you know all these different like Chinese tech companies. It, it's you you are definitely spot on with that. Wh- where there's like I see some distinction is like for example like in the very first months of the pandemic. Like a lot of scientists in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. like made very declarative statements about why this like it could not be a lab leak. And now a lot of them are changing their opinion. And like there's you can make some rationale for like why some of them would do that based off of the change in politics. But some of them, it doesn't bear out. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like sure. some of it is just a change in the consensus and in, in, in information, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. There is a, there is a, there is some actual change in the data available to people who are trying to make a good faith assessment. But I mean, and, and that, that's not to be dismissed, but I think broadly speaking, I mean, all of this is sort of a media narrative because yeah. on one hand, it doesn't matter at this point. I mean, it does that's a, a I mean, that's bit. a good question, though. Like, um, d- like why, why does it? Or does it doesn't it? really. I mean, th- it certainly doesn't in any. Like, the most important way it matters to the most to the people who mat to the people who matter is whether it can be used as a cudgel against China well, geopolitically. If um, you if you did like hypothetically, you had the smoking gun that showed yeah, that like well, China did it. Like, what? What well, would that mean? Well, what would, well, that's an excellent question. Like, what would it mean? It would mean like more grandstanding by fucking China hawks in this country. Like, what would it actually mean? It would literally just like just move the ball forward on on like anti-China Cold War bullshit and Sinophobia and all the rest. I mean, yeah, it do might. You, do you think the international community would like? I don't know, like require reparations for like having millions of. De- if it you, did, you know, that would you know, be a fucking like, bad thing. This would be a situation in which letting them go unpunished would be better for the world because what stepping up, turning the vice on China, as the U.S. and the West, who already have like global sort of geopolitical designs on limiting and and like strangling China, doing that would just ramp ramp tensions up that are to no one's real benefit other than like why are we in a fucking power struggle with china in the first place so it's literally the type of situation where it's like if you if i had uncontrovertible evidence given to me that it was a lab leak like and china was covering it up i would fucking burn it in the fireplace right now not because i'm a fucking like i'm a i'm a i'm an agent of xi jinping because like who benefits from like right the united states would absolutely in the in the west would use that as ammunition to just put the squeeze further on China and like that's not something that benefits anyone like who benefits from China you know feeling cornered more us like using it to advance our fucking imperial presence in what the South China Sea on behalf of Taiwan and or India or whatever who fucking cares fuck that I'd rather let's let's look forward let's get our vaxes I'm gonna go to the bar I want to do ketamine and blackout that's what I want Fair so <laughs> looking forward because this is the future is out, right? A little bit aside from all this, but like, um, I guess like really non, you know, like high collar or like tight collar or whatever. Like, what do you think this means in terms of like what we should think about pandemics in the future? You know, not, not about the lab know. leak, but just this whole year. Like, does it, has it changed the way you think about this at all? Like, what, pandemics? <laughs> yeah. I, before you know, before like, this year, I hadn't thought about pandemics being a big deal. And 
I do. Uh, yeah, I've certainly, uh, certainly have my my. Uh, I feel like I've been spanked. No, I get what you're saying. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I think it's something that is now going to be budgeted in, um, in terms of keeping the lid on things. But uh, who knows? I mean, hopefully we'll not have another one in the near future. But like, you know, it's always a game of whack-a-mole. It's like it's like how when a kid gets run over, they put in speed bumps. It's like, okay, that kid's already dead, and like the right. speed bumps are in, and sure. But it's like you know, the next thing, the next kid's gonna get fucking kill killed at like, you know, a gonna get shot at school, or he's gonna like choke on a fucking gobstopper. So it's just like I feel like you're always playing catch up with this type of shit. I think I know. So the next thing that's a big deal is going to be something that we also didn't plan for. Yeah. And it's good that we probably budgeted in some more shit to stop the next one, but who knows? I think so. I think I know your answer of this going ahead, but I'm just going to ask anyway. Do you think that if we presume that like there in our lifetime there could be another pandemic for whatever reason, um, this pandemic showed just by like how so many different countries responded to it so differently and had different results, it showed how really there was no unified understanding about this. Do you think that will change in the future? Or do you think we're just going to have a repeat of this where it's like, it's a completely different reality and different depending on which country. You're in? I mean, yeah, I don't think, I, I certainly don't think we're any closer to a one world government after this. And I think you do see even within places that were formerly a block like the u.s and the european and the european union there's already disintegration happening right. so honestly yeah i think we're heading for a more fragmented future um you know you, you have like a, more and more sort of people peeling off from the general sort of uh liberalized uh consensus of that had been had predominated since you know the fall of the soviet union right and i think that's going to create for a lot more fractiousness a lot more um chaos but also genuinely i think it's good i i honestly see that as a positive sign i take hope in that because i think the course the trajectory we were on is not good and i think something new like sparking up from all of this you know people like you know all these mentos and the diet coke like i think that's genuinely it's gonna be crazy and chaotic but i think it's it's it yields possibility and i think possibility for something different is like the best is like the best thing we can hope for at this point so what do you see as like the one or two or three top possibilities looking back after covid um number one possibility top possibility is world communism um, I don't think we're close to that yet. So I would like to think that. How does how does the COVID pandemic influence that? Um, I don't know if it does, but I just think <laughs> you, just you asked me that what, one you in. asked me what the top possibilities are. That's, that's <laughs> always going to be the number one um, is full world communism. But barring that, I think um, you know I don't know. I think you have a lot of nations in the global south, like Vietnam you know all of africa i mean like yeah like all of the poor countries the formerly colonized countries sort of probably realizing that no one's going to come bail them out certainly in the way this vaccine situation is rolling out like i think there's probably some more understanding of solidarity is required between these types of countries and rather basically everywhere but western europe and the united states and japan like i think there's going to be some more like oh clear-eyed uh solidarity and and cooperation to maybe put some more leverage on the places that are like the united states 
that have a lot of, hold a lot of the cards now to maybe leverage for a more equitable system when it comes to the distribution of certainly vaccines, but also like, you know, we're, look, we're still staring down the barrel of a climate crisis, like what, how, how we deal with that. I mean, so I think it may, it may, it may create a reshuffle of, or it may contribute to a, an ongoing reshuffle of, you know, where, where the axis of power is as far as, uh, you know, the, the, the United Nations and, and the, the world, uh, the world government goes. Um, that's just, my, that's my hope, but who, who knows? Um, word. Word. Uh, one world government, baby. Mac, do you have anything else to say? Or I think we maybe want to leave it there. Yeah, I think we did a good, pretty good job on that. I think we did a that. great job, we don't, we don't sound like conspiracy theorists, nor racists, nor liberal hucks. <laughs> yeah, we did it. We've threaded the needle once again. Um, yeah, every time is a tightrope. And yet we walk it. Um, right on. Well, uh, we, I guess we'll call it quits for today. Yeah. I'm All right, dude. Go with that. See you next time. Peace.